welcome to day 22 of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror Spectacular. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that I don't think gets enough love, nor do I think people really know that it exists. Uh, Is it a perfect film? Not exactly, but is it one that I enjoy quite a bit? Absolutely. Um, It's an independent one. Um... And it's more of a horror musical, but it's not musical in the sense of like a musical. Like if you're thinking of like Devil's Carnival or Repo, the genetic rock opera, um, the music aspect of this is just it's a band that has gone out into the woods and they're writing songs. So there happens to be singing. Now, the songs do kind of tie into certain moments or what the characters are feeling, but I, I really think that this is a movie that does not get enough uh, credit and uh, I think it gets some undue hate towards it. So uh, what we're talking about is I believe it's 2010. Yes. 2010s don't go in the woods. And the premise of this one is a young band heads to the woods in order to focus on writing new songs, hoping to emerge with new music that will score them their big break They instead find themselves in the middle of a nightmare beyond comprehension. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and play the trailer here for you. Two days, guys. That's all I ask. You want a record deal? Trust me. That's kind of creepy. Hey, that'd make a great album cover. You should get a picture of it. Yeah, dude. Oh, they said no phones. See, guys, you don't need booze, women, do you? Yeah, you do. Sometimes you just have to light a fire and pray to the songwriting gods. You guys hear that? I heard that, dude. I'm serious. It's <laughs> we came out here to write, not to have a good time. I'm so right, and we'll have fun. What's the big deal? You obviously don't get it. Where's Georgia and Charlotte? They're probably getting chainsawed to little pieces as we speak. Shovels and machete, it's all gone. What does he want with us, Nick? Who is he? I don't know. guys so let's get into this one so i think my big draw to this movie the thing that i like the most about this is the music um now it's not um like big pieces it's just pretty much as you heard in the trailer just like songs that they kind of come up with while they're out there in the woods so you have nick uh who is played by Matt Spigalia, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. And his goal is to kind of write a a uh, an album that will finally allow them to break out into the the mainstream to actually become successful musicians. And so he he gets his bandmates together and they go out into the woods that uh Nick and his brother um 
used to go to all the time when they were kids. And eventually uh, there was an incident with his brother that uh, his brother passed away while out there in the woods. Uh, He hasn't really been back there since. But um, there's this kind of underlying uh, sense of desperation. Like Nick needs this to to feel complete, to feel real, uh, to feel like he's a success and that he hasn't wasted his life. So, uh, you know, the rule is that there's no alcohol, there's no drugs, there's no, uh, phones, there's no women, nothing to distract them from writing what will be this album that, uh, allows them to just break out on the scene. Uh, in fact, they don't even tell their manager where they are, uh, because they don't want him to interfere. And in fact, Nick gives him, uh, directions that kind of just lead him away from, from the guys out in the woods. So, um, I, this is definitely a, uh, slasher inspired flick. Um, as you kind of hear from the trailer, the girls end up showing up anyways, and they bring some booze and, and drugs, uh, to the party. And this really upsets Nick. Now, they have one night that they actually spend in the woods before kind of Nick puts down his foot and says, all right, no, the girls have got to go. We need to do this. We're only here for a weekend. We need to write this album. And as they uh, are on their way back, they discover that the van that brought the girls or in the van or actually the car that brought the girls is, is nowhere to be seen. And uh, that's due to two of the girls leaving in the middle of the night and uh, the van that brought everybody actually doesn't start. So things are kind of starting to be a little bit suspicious then. And of course, we've had some uh, kills during this point, during this part. And uh, we have this kind of tall man, all dressed in black, carrying around an axe. But we have no idea what his motivations are. Um, and this film really kind of goes into a psychological level later on when it gets closer to the uh, climax of the film. And uh, I can see why people don't necessarily gravitate towards this one. I think, um, you know, some people just don't really think of it as uh, a horror film. Some don't really like the music. Uh, they just, I don't know. They don't see what I, um, what I like about this movie. And I, like I said, I think the biggest draw for me is the music. There's something about the music that I really like. And, uh, you know, I went through my emo phase in high school and probably that's why, um, I really gravitate towards it. Um, cause it's definitely that type of music. Like I, f- I feel the emotion. It's got a nice beat to it. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a song that I really dislike in the film, except there's kind of the, the French one, um, just because it, it doesn't really serve a purpose. It's kind of just silly. Uh, it doesn't end well, but, uh, the, I think all the other songs that are in the movie, uh, definitely stand stronger than that one. So much so like I've just played the movie in my car just to get to the song. So I, cause there's no real soundtrack out for it and the songs aren't really that long. I think the longest one is maybe like a minute and a half to possibly two minutes. Um, but they are songs that I just really like. Like I like the beat to them. I like the, the, the words to them. Um, one of the songs you heard, actually two of the songs you heard in the trailer are probably my two favorites. And, um, like the man on the verge of destruction, like 
uh, it's, or I might have that a little bit wrong, but, um, I don't know. There's something about the, the song that really speaks to me. I can't really say why. So I can overlook a lot of the flaws towards this. Um, it's got some decent kill effects. It's got some decent gore. There's not a whole lot of explanation again for the killer. Um, the plot is very thin. It's a relatively short movie running at about only an hour and 23 minutes. I don't believe it is on anything uh, available to stream without paying for. Um, I know that I own it on Vudu, and I think it's only like maybe maybe ten bucks at the most. Uh, but I'm th- feeling it's more like six bucks because it's not really a popular movie. It's also directed and written by Vincent D'Onofrio, who's one of my favorite actors. Um, you've seen him in. Uh, he was in uh, Full Metal Jacket. He's it was in Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Uh, he's in uh, Men in Black. Um, he played Kingpin in Daredevil. So he's a very talented actor, and I think that this was like kind of just a pra- passion project for him. And this was, uh, you know, released at I think the Toronto Film Festival. I don't know. I don't think it won any awards. Um, now he wrote the story and then, uh, two other guys wrote the screenplay. So I'm sure that those two guys were the ones who kind of came up with more of the musical aspect towards it. Whereas Vincent Kane came up with, with the story that deals on this verge of kind of desperation and, um, this want for success. One of the other aspects I really liked is, uh, you have a wide variety of characters, um, in fact, one of the characters is blind and he, he does kind of play like a little bit of a joke at the beginning of the film where he's like, Oh, do you hear that? And everyone's kind of stopping and, and, uh, you know, straining to hear anything. And then he just kind of jokes it off. And then as you heard in the trailer, like he goes, Oh no, I actually heard something this time. Um, it was something that we talked about in the mischief night, uh, mini review that, you know, adding that kind of, factor that that is um something we don't see a whole lot in movies i mean we had the the audrey hepburn one um but it's definitely a factor that um i'm seeing a kind of more prevalent in in some of these movies and i really appreciate it because it adds a level of tension that you uh don't normally have in a horror film much like uh, i talked about with um kind of mentioning hush and uh, talking about Mischief Night, like it ups the tension when there is some type of uh, impairment that doesn't allow uh, a character to perceive a, a certain element. And it gives the killer a, an edge up. There are also some very creative kills. Um, there's kind of one with a, a like little handheld keyboard that has a um, kind of like breath pipe. I don't know what type of instrument that is. I know it is one. I've seen it, but, uh, kind of blow into the one end and, and it like makes, makes noise, um, that I, I really kind of appreciate that. And so there are some really good kills. Uh, the characters are fairly, um, two dimensional. Like they're, they're not really fully developed, but they are developed enough that, you can kind of gravitate towards them. You can kind of 
you know, go, oh, I like this one, or ah, that one's a jerk, or this one's just a dumbass, and, you know, this is, uh, you know, the the slut of the group, you know, in the sense, like, the guy that likes to sleep around with all the girls he can, and vice versa, like, there's one of the girls that's very much like that. It even comes up, like, in a conversation scene. So, uh, I... I just, there is something about the movie, like that's with a few of these. And I know it's, it's, it's not easy to kind of put into words, but it's just my love for film and my love for the horror genre in general that like allows me to kind of overlook some of these flaws. Cause the point of, again, cinema or film is to entertain. And was I entertained after watching this movie? Absolutely. So much so like, I'll just put it on to go to sleep to because it's got music that is really good music. Well, in my opinion, really good music. Now, if you got somebody that's, you know, classically trained and is a music critic and all that stuff, they might go, Oh my gosh, this is the biggest pile of crap I've ever heard, but it's music that appeases me that, that like pleases me and I find enjoyable and I can listen to over and over and over again. So, I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's definitely one. If you haven't checked out, I, I recommend it. You might like it. You might not like it. Um, you never know. You might be surprised because I think that the the dislike it's got. Now, granted, there have been like 964 people on IMDb that have rated this. And I don't think a whole lot of them are overly positive. Um, seeing like a lot of ones. Uh, well, there's one six, a three, a one, a one, ten. I, I don't I wouldn't say it would go as far as a ten. Uh, but you know, a lot of people didn't quite like this since there are few people that did. Um, and, and a lot of them kind of going with, with the same mentality, like knowing that it's not kind of the best movie, but this one, this one guy, uh, is like a, a music lover and that they really liked the music that the, um, it might not be award winning, but they didn't think it was terrible. Uh, and I agree with them. I think that this one will eventually kind of become a, a, a cult classic. I think when enough people kind of get exposed to it, enough people uh, can appreciate it for what it is. Um, I think your strongest actor is Nick, even if he kind of comes all, all across a little flat. I think that's intentional. Um, the girlfriend is um, his Nick's girlfriend is kind of um, one note, she kind of just hits the same thing over and over again. But I think at the same time with no kind of learning about the history she has with Nick and what they're currently going through, it's a reason why she's hitting that one note. Um, you know, and other, the other characters are not nearly as, as I think dynamic in that sense. And they're just, I don't really think that these guys were all traditionally trained actors either. I, I think that they are more, maybe possibly just musicians that these guys are actually musicians uh, and they're not, you know, trained actors and that Vincent uh, was just getting these guys together because they could play instruments and they can sing. And uh, that would, you know, lend some authenticity to his film. So give this one a shot guys, if you can, Uh, if you're feeling, you know, uh, willing to kind of shell out a couple bucks I don't know how much it is to rent on Vudu, but I would assume it was it would be maybe three dollars or or two dollars. Um, I, I just I think if you give it a shot, you might be pleasantly surprised. 
I, I think you might like some of the music and it, you do have a good slasher um, vibe to it. And it's got a little bit of a twist uh, near the end as well. And I love twist endings, especially when they're done right. And I think this one does it right. You get a little bit of hints here and there, but I don't think it's anything that you could foresee happening uh, early on in the film. And until you get to the end, does it really kind of start to make sense? And at the same time, it, you still are questioning at the end, like, did did that really happen? Was this a part of that? Or was there something else going on here? And we are just kind of seeing it through the lens of a fractured psyche. I don't know. Um, but I, I will watch this one countless times over. Um, I think you guys should give it, give it a shot. And also a fun little fact, the song that opens up the movie when they're in the van is actually sung by Vincent D'Onofrio. And it's a fun little, fun little song. I I, I find it very clever. So, all right, guys, my score for this one's going to be a three out of five. Uh, I appreciate a lot out of it, but I can see the flaws it does have. Um, but I can overlook them because I think that they did something really cool here. And something we don't necessarily see a lot of outside of horror musicals, like in the sense of like horror, horror musicals, uh, you know, not um, Rocky Horror Picture Show or anything like that. But something like Devil's Carnival, uh, Hallelujah um, and um, Repo, the genetic rock opera, all done basically by Darren Limbausman. Uh, we don't see this enough. And I think that we, this is a, um, subgenre of horror that could be mined a little bit further and possibly done a little bit more creatively. And we could see some really interesting, uh, films come out of this. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it for day 22. We'll see you on day 23. We're almost towards Halloween. <laughs>